Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep your operation running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you Raymond in Buffalo, Maria in Miami, and Jules and Troy, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with high-quality supplies for every industry, plus real-time product availability and access to experts ready to help. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I am your host, Joe Quazala, and y'all know I know too dang much about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's why we're here today for this blessed event. With me, as always, the skeptic, the voice of the people. Does she care about the Rock Hall? It goes back and forth. Is she skeptical? I think that's always a given. Kristen stuttered. Hi, Kristen. Hi. Hello. (laughs) Jesus. Okay. You seem mad. Well, I just, you reminded me of how. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of Should how I stop doing I that? Yeah. Should I just be like, and here she is. She loves it. And no, uh, absolutely. <laughs> don't go that far. You didn't think I, if I just gave you the wrong intro, it would trick you into having a different attitude? Uh, nope. That's not how it works. Nah, our, maybe resi- maybe- our resident expert. She's cared about it since she was a young child. Uh, uh-huh. It's Kristen Stutter. I mean, we could do it. Kristen. Do you know what this week is? Mm-hmm. I do. What, what are we looking at here? It's a doc. It's a documentary, and it's the month of August. So it's you'd say it's doc. Doc you. August. Kristen, it's the. <laughs> it's not just docgist. It is the final week of docgist. Can you even believe what 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 we've been through? this month of reviewing documentaries that are about some of the rock hall inductees this year. We have reviewed with people who have worked on these films. It, I was like, should we, we could have called it like editor gist. That would have been also accurate. Yeah. Didn't we speak to an editor of uh, up a, until all, this all these moment. Movies, yeah. It would have restrained me in terms of my guest options. 
but, but it wouldn't true. have made a better pun. <laughs> no, I mean like nope. doc doc it, you can't get better than that. Anyway, no, we reviewed the, the greatest pun alive. Thank oh shoot. You. I said Uh-oh. it. It's all right. He's we'll already talked. here. We'll, we'll bring that voice in in just a second, but I want to review. We talked about the Clarence Avant documentary, The Black Godfather, with Wills Naderick, who is the editor of that movie. We talked about the Go-Go's documentary, which is just called The Go-Go's, and we talked to Allison Elwood, the director, and Brett Banks, the editor. And then last week, we talked about the Tina documentary that is available to watch on HBO with Carter Gunn, one of the editors. So we have talked to a lot of people with a lot of insights behind the scenes of these documentaries. Those are like the three big, like recent documentaries about Mm -hmm. the inductees. Now we take a look back to 2004 Mm -hmm. to a documentary about Jay-Z called Fade to Black. It's from 2004. It's directed by Patrick Paulson and Michael John Warren. And so our guest this week will be the editor of the Round Ball Rock podcast. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Joey Devine, our old friend, he's here. Hi, Joey. Listeners, you're never going to believe this, but the people who had something to do with what Jay-Z did were unreachable for Joe Quazala. <laughs> I know it's shocking, but uh, Jay-Z's friends don't run in Joe's circle of friends. Yeah, I, you know, it was, I, I went back They and weren't forth. responding to his LinkedIn messages. <laughs> <laughs> I went back and forth quite a bit with Fonsworth Bentley and uh, <laughs> he just, we almost were able to schedule it, but we really, he couldn't. is the most gettable person in this documentary. That's what right? I thought. That's what I thought, Joey. And the Fonz, the Fonz himself. But, what do you, know, you think Fonsworth Bentley is doing right now? Besides oh, holding an umbrella somewhere. Say, opening an umbrella inside, opening a plaid <laughs> umbrella uh, while wearing suspenders. Well, Joey, I, I, you know, we usually have you on the show mm-hmm. for special to episodes. To lose drafts. To lose a draft, <laughs> yeah. to reveal nominees or inductees. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, it's been a while since we've had you on just for some good old-fashioned riffing. Some friend time. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we don't need to be beholden to talking to the crew of these documentaries. Mm-hmm. We can talk about Fade to Black with just a friend. In fact, perhaps it will lead to a more honest discussion because we mm-hmm. aren't going to hurt anyone's feelings. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, we, we got very lucky. Uh, legitimately, the, the three documentaries we watched... Those are all good thus far ...are, yeah. like, really good yeah. documentaries that I don't have any, like criticisms or anything about and you know i was happy to speak the honest truth which was all positivity to the people who worked on them uh but yeah we're going to talk about i guess i'll kind of pose this question to both of you did you guys know about this documentary fade to black absolutely not i was not aware of its existence yes i'd seen it you'd seen the, the full thing yeah in like 2005 or whenever it came out 2004 um, I probably saw it in 2005, but I know I saw it because... Did you uh, rent it later. on a DVD? Uh, yeah, I rented it on Netflix. Like <laughs> you Netflix had it mailed, mailed it to you? To me, yeah. Okay, yeah. And I think I did it the same time. It was later than that. It was probably 2008 because I did the, that in the Lil Wayne documentary at the same time. Interesting. Well, I've never seen the, the Lil, Lil Wayne, Wayne documentary. The Lil Wayne is really good. It's actually hard to find now because Lil Wayne like sued the guy. Because it's like shows Lil Wayne drinking codeine and stuff. I was going to say, I bet there's a lot of illicit activity. Yeah. 
Um, this movie was released in theaters. Yeah. Which, oh, from what I understand, and, and I'll come sort of clean here, we don't have anyone from the production, but I've actually talked to some people who are involved in this production. Mm-hmm. And from what I understand... It's like Rick. <laughs> you talked to Slick Rick. Talked to Slick and Rick. And he was like, let me tell you a story. Uh, I can't do a Slick Rick voice. Uh, in my um, head, I thought I could. And yeah, then I appreciate you out. really yeah. going for it. Um, but no, I, I talked to some people involved in the production, and th- it was kind of thrown together. Like, they had cameras, nice cameras set up to film the this concert, but the behind-the-scenes stuff and the lead-up to the concert and the studio stuff, that was all at the very last minute, apparently, and putting that together. I'm just like, how many scriptwriters did they have for the voiceover? The voiceover the, is wild. The in voiceover this thing. is truly, it's astonishing that it was included. I because think that it's, that is, it it's sounds bad. Yeah, but it's also, very. Jay Z's doing it in a rap voice, but it doesn't rhyme. Like, it's his. Do you know what I mean? Where it there's feels, like. It's, it, I, what, what would make more sense and what you would see if this documentary was made now is you would see Jay-Z sitting down, putting on a lavalier microphone mm-hmm. and then just casually talking. And then that would be the narration that would frame this documentary if that's yes. what you wanted to do. <laughs> but instead, he clearly is in a sound booth. You can basically hear Jay-Z. They hit record right after he asked him to turn his headphones up, you know, like the classic. <laughs> Yeah. Before doing this voiceover. I so the thing that I wrote when I was watching this was this reminds me of the Alicia Keys breakdown in You Don't Know My Name. Mm-hmm. The part where she's on the phone with the guy, she's like, Oh, this is me from the diner. This is the waitress from the coffee house on 39th and Lennox. <laughs> you know, the one with the braids. It's like rap voice, but not rhyming. It's like too rehearsed, but it's yes. supposed to it's... sound casual. Right. And it's also the audio is too clear. It's like an yeah. audio, it's like audiobook fidelity. <laughs> Wise man once told me luck isn't some mystical energy that dances around the universe randomly bestowing people with satisfaction and joy. You create your own luck. I I will also say before we really get into it, though, for our listeners, would they be able to watch this? You can find it in like pieces on YouTube. Well, and the other, if you have a title subscription, you can watch it on title. Oh, that makes perfect sense. I was like trying to figure out how to get title on my Xbox (laughs) so I could watch it on a TV. Title does not have an Xbox app, weirdly. Jesus, all right. It's like one of those movies, and there's some movies that are like this, where it's in like 11 parts. Someone uploaded Mm -hmm. it in like (laughs) 10-minute pieces on YouTube, and like it's possible that some of those were taken off YouTube because of like copyright claims. But Mm -hmm. I get the sense that you can watch most of this movie on YouTube and there's definitely certain parts of it that have been pulled and are on YouTube, not even necessarily presented as like, this is part of this movie. Right, like the good like, parts. Yeah, the uh, stuff like the stuff where he's in the studio. And, in the and studio. We'll, with The, the yeah, interesting we'll thing about this documentary to me is it's less about Jay-Z and more about how different producers work. Yeah, it's like all my favorite producers. I'm like, this is why the Black Album is my favorite Jay-Z album. Oh, yeah. it's because it's literally every producer that I like is on mm-hmm. it. But let's give some context as to what that album it's the last jay-z album was yeah, and <laughs> yeah what, famously we all know he stopped he did retire and uh-huh. <laughs> and that concert specifically as well as that album those were supposed to be 
farewells. He mm-hmm. had said, and you know, people have cynically identified this as a marketing ploy, but he was going to retire from hip hop. He was mm-hmm. going to do one final album, one last concert one at big Madison show. Square Garden. It was going to be at, at Madison Square Garden. So what this movie is is it's concert footage from this big blowout Madison Square Garden farewell show mm-hmm. interspersed with very lo-fi like camcorder <laughs> almost yeah. like cell phone level <laughs> footage at the studio making the album mm-hmm. as well as literally like in the not even in the green room in the like hallways backstage at madison square garden before the show is happening during the show after etc and so all of that is put together and in addition to one final element which we can we can jump into just talking about the movie now because it's the first thing you see, which is these chopper shots. Helicopter of, shots of New York oh City. Oh, my God. City, uh, <laughs> that are, like, from Getty. Like, they yeah. are, this is stock footage, and then you get Jay-Z's very strange voiceover at the mm-hmm. very very top. Watching this, you're reminded, or at least I was reminded, like, how far documentaries have come. Yes. Like, this is a 2004 documentary, aesthetically alone, and documentaries now are such a big business. I think back then it was really not, this felt kind of like an afterthought to me. Like the fact that it was theatrically released, that's like wild. Uh, and well, it's impressive like a real to testament to, to how famous Jay-Z yeah. was in this moment where it's mm-hmm. like, clearly what happened is they shot the concert and they were like, oh, concert movies are kind of boring now. We need to figure out stuff to put around it Mm -hmm. which i'm glad Um, they did which i'm glad they did yeah i am too except for the freaking voiceover stuff it begins with like a voiceover of jay-z being like rapping is thinking of words to say over music <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah. like it's really that and it's so, like yeah I'm, some people I'm, they making... think i'm the luckiest guy alive <laughs> well like, they might be right like so stuff that is not far from that making a beat is putting together several layers and not just a few layers it's a lot of them and you're like what are <laughs> it's we it's a book report it's book report level <laughs> yes exactly it's like how many words it's like reaching a mm-hmm. word count he is <laughs> nearly about to say that webster defines hip hop as <laughs> like it's at that level kind of bef- we get a little bit of that backstage stuff first you know we mm-hmm. get people kind of like diddy and uh, common Dame Dash, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I will say this movie does not do a good job of identifying people. This movie no, could use a Chiron to oh save us God. all. The amount of freaking Googling, and I am someone who is a hip hop fan. Yeah. I, I am a Jay Z fan, especially this era of Jay Z and of rap music is very much in my wheelhouse. And I was like, you can't just put a little Chiron under these people and tell us who the hell we are dealing with. It would have helped tremendously. Good God. Who is this white nerd in Pharrell's studio all the time? That is my <laughs> well, number one Well, he wasn't getting question. a Chiron. No, he I know. But I have been trying to figure it out. I didn't do a ton of Googling about it, but I'm like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> the dorkiest looking motherfucker alive. Yeah, truly, truly, truly. But yeah, it, it was, they were just like, here's a bunch of people. You probably know them, right? 
and mm-hmm. like some of these people are not super famous, like like Memphis Bleak, like like Memphis Bleak. <laughs> Memphis For example, Bleak is he's a lot on, of he's a lot of screen has time. The most screen time other than Jay Z in this movie, I would say. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but let's let's go a little more chronologically. Yeah. The way that the movie starts, it's like oh no, this is not going to be good. Like it really does begin <laughs> in like the worst way possible mm-hmm. by being like a beat is a thing when you put a bunch of other <sighs> stuff together. It's like that. And then it's like, it takes a long time and it's hard. And then it's literally many minutes of them sitting in the studio. He's like, and when I know it, I know it. And they show him listening to beats that he doesn't like for several minutes mm-hmm. i see i that part i like i liked the parts where i like it the was monotony. him looking at shitty beats <laughs> i like the monotony of it but i also hate the monotony like i sure. enjoyed that like we don't see that the the hard work there will be many times later in the documentary parts that i absolutely love like him hearing the beat for lucifer for the first time or like the um what's the timbaland part like there's the like timbaland a timbaland part is amazing we'll it's get incredible to that, the timbaland yeah. part is so <laughs> good but like yeah it it, it starts out so weird it's like this is how you make a beat and it's long and boring work and then they just show it being long and boring work but then later there's no producer really like in there with Mm jay-z it's like later he's like and that's why i go to people who are geniuses and have it all the work done for me it's just such a weird way to start it yeah flow wise like this movie needed to start off with a big great song performed live and mm-hmm. then you can go into that yes. then you can like you can have a peak you and reverse then engineer how did we get here records well, it's exactly clear. Yeah. <laughs> you're probably, probably wondering, wondering. some yeah. people say i'm the luckiest guy alive it's very clear the person making the concert documentary was like oh this is very obviously my entire movie is going to start with michael buffer saying let's get ready to rumble oh, how gosh. so there there is they they show like him in profile in like kind of a spotlight shadow and they you don't know who he is yet because because they're also showing you shots of the crowd and mm-hmm. and you live in 2021 and i i but i did think is that the let's get ready to rumble guy but then i was like no why would he be here and it was him. I was like, is this the Bulls announcer? <laughs> I was like, I was like, is it gonna be like boop, boop, boop? Like that's what <laughs> Yeah, and you, you know, you know, that would have made sense. And I also I keep thinking about like the decision to retire and comparing that to MJ. Mm-hmm. Like it almost feels like in order for Jay-Z to really hammer home that he's the Michael Jordan of hip hop, he does need to retire for like a little bit just so he uh-huh. can have that analogy. And uh, Magna Carta Holy Grail was his Washington Wizards comeback, <laughs> I guess. Because um, it sucks. Uh, anyway. Rude. So rude. But before that, we we do, we get a lot of like stars showing up to the show, you know, establishing that like, this is uh, a hot show. Everybody mm-hmm. who's anybody is there. You've got the arrival of Beyonce. You've got Pharrell, you know, Mary Common Jay. talking about Jay-Z exactly the way he talks about drones in that Michael, <laughs> in that Microsoft commercial he's in right now. He has, um, a, he has a rhythm. He has a cadence. Uh, they do give you, they, I liked the context when he's at Hot 97 being like, listen, it's like not a big deal for some of these rock acts to do mm-hmm. Madison Square Garden, but for me to be doing it and it's my show, it's not like, 
a almost like festival type show or like a a lineup with it's a, not Billy Joel for the fourteenth time this month. <laughs> yeah, and I and I don't I I don't think that's tr- maybe true anymore. But I it's I, definitely I get the sense not. in two thousand four. Yeah, uh, that it would he really seems to lean on that. Like this is huge, not just for me, but like for hip hop. Yeah, and I enjoyed that inclusion i enjoyed that they really let you know what a big moment that is and like they show people talking about it like in greater context of it's Mm -hmm. like this isn't a festival he's not on like a larger bill he doesn't need anybody to co-headline with him although Funkmaster flex says something insane where he's like yeah it's not an r&b show that has Jay-Z on it. It's not a reggae show that oh, yeah, has Jay-Z on it. Oh, a reggae show, which it's is like, hilarious. That's his comparison for like, obviously if it was a reggae show with Jay-Z on it, yeah, you could do Madison Square Garden. It's, uh, <laughs> but this is different. You know how those reggae shows are it's always just selling Junior out the garden. It's not Junior Gong Marley. <laughs> and like, I don't want to harp on this too much, but it, 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 we will reiterate maybe for the last time, concert footage is shot very well and everything else is just looks like dog shit and i it it seems like it was not meant to be in a feature film it feels like it was meant to be this is a a, the tail end of the point when they were doing this but it feels like mpegs that were going to be on a cd hoping you would buy it and Mm -hmm. not lime wire it you put it um, on, yeah, you put the CD into your computer and then you yeah. get some bonus shit. Which is also how Metallica's <laughs> Some Kind of Monster ended up being made, too, was they sent those guys to film extras extras basically. for that album and then they were there for 10 years. <laughs> Metallica, who also have a song called Fade to Black. So yeah, we get the what's what's the let's get ready to rumble guy's name? Michael Buffer. Michael Buffer. Buffer uh-huh. He well, says, I do want to say they make the mistake for Joey. It's a mistake <laughs> of talking briefly to Ghostface Killer at the beginning, and then the whole documentary. I just want to see more Ghostface Killer. Yeah, like I'm is he just, just like, there? Oh, what's he out? doing? Yeah. yeah, is he what? I bet he's saying some crazy stuff. Like, <laughs> what's he doing back there? <laughs> So Michael Buffer calls Jay-Z the world heavyweight champion of hip hop. Mm-hmm. He, he, yeah, I believe he says that. Yeah. And that then right. and then Jay-Z comes out. We're in a big ET, which was yeah. which was I liked that. And then these really embarrassing like subwoofer animations on screens mm-hmm. behind him. Oh look, yeah. I was like, like a wow, we saver. are in two thousand the movie also it just starts in such a 2004 way we've gone over that too but it's like it gets so much better like the movie starts Mm -hmm. really badly i was worried that it was not going to be a good movie and Mm -hmm. i i think that overall i had a great time watching it like no i actually think it's a pretty good really recommend it for Um, anybody who likes jay-z yeah like Content alone, like the subject material and what they are able to show you that was recorded is like historic especially if you're a jay-z fan I yeah and and especially of and especially it's his retirement and this know? era it's <laughs> he like never came back and because you know it's the he's last time such we a, saw him he's been such a recluse <laughs> since um so we get there's a good chunk of just like concert mm-hmm. footage 
up top. But that's, I remember at the very top of this movie, again, this is why the movie starts off so poorly, is that the first two songs, he's out there alone and with this stupid animation behind him. And you're kind of like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Like, like, is this going to be it? This is, and because he is a great artist, but he's not like doing a lot on mm-hmm. stage. Like He's he not can, necessarily known as a showman. No, no, exactly. And like also knowing that there's a million people backstage, you're like, wait for real? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> that this th- is it. Th- this is gonna be what your big Madison Square Garden show is. You just in front of these subwoofer animations. And mm-hmm. so then I'm so grateful as well, it but they like had Michael Buffer. So at this point, you know, there everyone's been happy. one celebrity involved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, th- then they start to build. Like then then he's yeah. doing the reveal of Questlove and his band. Mm-hmm. I will say when Questlove comes out, I thought it was so funny that they redid the like weird poet, like slam poetry intro from the H to the Izzo unplugged version before they went into like real H to the Izzo. Yeah, like, they, they do stuff with the they songs. They do the MTV unplugged version of H to the Izzo's intro, which is like this really weird... It's like Questlove playing a lot of like wind chimes. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight I'll be I really liked him playing the live drums on Jigga What. I was like, yeah. I cannot believe a person is doing this. In the song, it's a sample, and, and right. like you're just watching a person do a drum loop live. Like yeah, it's that's, pretty. I mean, in, it is so impressive, and I was like, this is this is so good. I was like, maybe if they never go back to the studio, I would just watch this concert. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, but they do go back to the studio. Yes, we have got to talk about when Jay Z is com- is roasting a guy in this. I don't know who it is. So that's mm-hmm. that's just Blaze. So he is chew yeah, he's chewing out just Blaze mm-hmm. because Just Blaze is like uh playing and seemingly collecting like old video games instead of producing. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, he be- I believe Jay-Z tells a story about how Just Blaze told him he only makes music to, to support his to support video, his game, video habit. game habit. Yeah, that's is cool. Just Blaze hysterical. is cool. That rules <laughs> and is and is Just Blaze watch Chimmy. Uh. <laughs> it just makes it makes jay-z really it like gives him very big boomer energy in that moment mm-hmm. like it's very funny to watch someone in 2004 complain about someone being addicted to video games mm-hmm. and like especially because it's like everyone has flip phones at one point also, during he says jay-z says coleco vision <laughs> <laughs> I miss that. That's hysterical. Yeah, he does. But he's like, he's looking for old Atari games. And like, it's, man, it's, it's, yeah, it is an interesting moment. This, and it would have been great if they had, it would have been given more weight if they had put a fucking, put a Chiron mm-hmm. that said just plays producer like yes like successful Cause, producer because yeah because i'm over here like who's this guy on the couch because there was a someone that i recognized also in the shot maybe i can't remember but i was like i don't know who this i don't know this man you know yeah uh, i mean to, to give a little bit of to give it a little bit of context like just blaze produced touch the sky yeah. by kanye west i gotta testify come up in the spot looking extra fly for the day I die, I'm a 
touch the sky. I know who he is because I hear his name in songs that he produces. Like mm-hmm. I he- I hear his drop. Also, the name Just Blaze is really cool. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just want to. I just want to put that out there. Just Blaze, great name. So yeah, we we get that moment, and it's. You know, I think it's meant to establish that Jay-Z is a perfectionist, but it's also like, it kind of seems like if your producer is like running around just like buying video games and you didn't say anything, like that's not necessarily a perfectionist thing. That's just like, hi, you're su- <laughs> we're supposed to be working. I see that Jay-Z was born in 1969. So mm-hmm. technically a boomer. The last of the boomers. I think, uh, I, I think I have Gen no X idea. is definitely starts in the 70s i don't know if that's true that doesn't sound right to me he seems like he's definitely gen x all i know is the the verse on monster is some boom. oh no gen, he yeah. is gen x 65 uh, to 80 yeah that, that is makes gen sense. x 65 um, to 80 and then we go back to the concert we get jig what then we get big pimpin and that this is when second build star of fade to black memphis comes bleak. out memphis bleak <laughs> who Listen, is on stage basically the rest of the time almost. He, yeah. 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 So much so much screen time. I'm I and like I know Kristen you said you were you're very familiar with this era of Jay-Z. I am not. So I didn't even know that like Jay-Z had a hype man um mm-hmm. and that like this this Memphis Bleak character uh, <laughs> was mm-hmm. so was so involved but he is out there it's almost treated like like they're a duo. Yeah, like it's George, yes. George Michael bringing out like Andrew Ridgely. Yeah, and, you know, like like oh okay, it's Paul Simon bringing out Art Garfunkel. Like it's like yeah, you yeah. know you know us as a duo, but really it's because he doesn't even introduce him. No, he he does he not say the words Memphis Bleak. He, he says, says like, it later. Yeah, he says it late. Well, that and the when he says it later, I guess we all mentioned that part now is like. Watching it now in the future, you're like, oh, of course, this is why he didn't retire. Because he's like, now the future of Rockefeller Records. That's <laughs> yes. who's gonna take. This is who's gonna replace me. And he brings out Beanie com- Siegel. Exactly. Yeah, he brings out Beanie Siegel, Freeway, Freeway, and, yeah, and Memphis Bleak to do their song. And it's like, no, Uh-oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he also seems like he's really choked up when he says that. He's yeah. like, and now here's the, here's the fe- like he sounds my like children, like yeah. my children, like he's so proud of these people who we now do not know at all and i did not know them then either Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's yeah it's really it's really something but then luckily missy elliott comes out and plays memphis bleak's biggest song with him uh where she's (laughs) blowing a whistle the entire time which is (laughs) so funny to blow a whistle in a stadium you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) and does she do it like into she must do it into a microphone it's not into the microphone no (laughs) (laughs) yeah well there you go I'm going to tease the next part, uh, which is maybe it might collectively be our favorite part uh, of a behind the scenes when we get back to uh, recording the Black Album. But we're going to take a quick break right now. And when we come back, you're going to, oh, you're not going to believe what we talk about. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We hope you had a nice break. We hope over your break. 
that you. you started at episode one and that your name is Dan Koopa and you have joined us now in the present. Yeah, we hope that you specifically, Dan Cooper, who we know- Two years from now when you're very, listening to this. Very <laughs> recently started at episode one of our show. We hope that you've caught up and that you can put this episode in a place in time because- we're recording it right now and we thank you for listening and you know what if your name is dan or cooper this mm -hmm. extends to you as well that's we, right we thank um, you for listening unless you're db cooper dan cooper you the, can... the bank robber which is tell us where the money is yeah uh, reveal you know yourself <laughs> you're still cool you can hang <laughs> um so anyway i teased something before the break and that is that we go behind the scenes mm -hmm of Jay-Z sitting with Timbaland and Timbaland is drinking from a giant jug. Of, and at first I thought it was a literal gallon of milk, but it's water. <laughs> it seems to be like pink lemonade. No, yeah. it is not no, water. I think it's like it is a it is a it is a fruited juice. juice. Yeah. It's a but it's a milk jug. Yes, it's a gallon. Size. No, it's yeah. a size. It's just a gallon of like, like pink lemonade. He like he's, he's on the, the last thing. two ounces of um, it. And, and he's, he's not ripped at this point because Timbaland eats, is was had, went through a period after this where he was on steroids. Wait, Timbaland never got ripped. Not ripped, though. but no. If okay, there's remember there was that celebrity steroid scandal. I did in that like was 2010. With baseball players. No, <laughs> no, it was with specifically a lot of black celebrities. Mary J. Blige was one of them, and Timbaland was another. A and, steroid. Uh, Yes. Abuser? Not that they weren't abusers, but like their steroid guy got arrested. And but the uh, the funniest one is, of course, uh, Tyler Perry was also on the black <laughs> steroid user list. But oh Timberland was on it. And I would say this is pre Timberland steroids is all I mean, I'm definitely. Yeah. He's yeah, yeah. snacking. He's snacking like a maniac. We see yeah. him eat a banana uh, aggressively. We, yeah, we also he's got his I can describe his movements and his energy as like that of as very seal like mm -hmm. and like yeah. he's definitely when he's grooving the, to the beats the artist seal or the animal seal the animal seal <laughs> just to be clear okay. he is very much grooving like an animal like a seal really impressed with itself like a seal trying to get a fish well and know? he should be because what he does is incredible it's outrageous his beat is one normal beat and Jay-Z's like, I don't like this. And he's like, well, fuck you. How about this? And then plays a crazy beat that is awesome. He plays the beat to Dirt Off Your Shoulder. Yeah. And oh, no, that's, no, that's, 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 that's the very Dirt end. Off Your oh, Shoulder. Oh, yeah, he there's does the middle, middle one. There's that a middle one that's good. Like really good, but it's like halfway through Dirt Off Your Shoulder Insanity and the normal beat he was playing. It's like he was... It's a real escalation yeah, he, that he, he goes he through. <laughs> knew what he was doing. Um, well, and I, I feel like that's a big theme of this movie is that we see how producers display their wares to Jay-Z. Mm -hmm. Like they each have a different style of being like, you're going to love this beat. And like the mm -hmm. Timbaland buildup of like, yeah, of like Goldilocksing it kind yeah, of. Like mm -hmm. I made you these three beats. I'm going to play you the shitty one first. Uh -huh. then I'm going to play a pretty good one. And then I'm going to play like one of the most insane great one of the things most you've ever iconic, heard. Iconic, incredible beats. And it's also such 
a Timbaland beat. While mm-hmm. he's holding a banana and losing his shit, by the way. <laughs> I mean, and like the, the fact that there is footage of Jay-Z hearing that beat for the first time. Uh-huh. Is the like, number that's... of times you watch him hear an iconic yes. It's like, yeah. for the first time in this documentary. It, that is the value of this, of this movie. And you can see it on his eyes. And like Tim, Timbaland knows it's hot and like is just going crazy. And it's just those those moments Timbaland are literally. I look, I know I'm harping on a banana. You <laughs> like are. He, he eats half of banana in one, one bite, bite and then <laughs> holds the other half of the banana with like the peel like flopping around while he's <laughs> dancing to turn off your shoulder like it's a seal insane. like a yeah. trained performing seal <laughs> i mean i guess i recommend to you dear listener to try to find this clip or it's Joe, online. if you find it it's definitely can it's you on tweet, youtube tweet this actual clip to yeah. our our friends and fans and folks yeah and anyone listening to this please tweet at me right now and remind me to do that and i'll do it immediately uh but this this is such a great moment it has definitely been edited out of the movie and just put on youtube by itself mm-hmm. because it's, it's unreal like, it's, it's incredible so good. and timbaland goes i'm the best there is and it's like he does yeah, maybe. and he kind of is and also it's just and among so many bests that there are in this movie i just really i think that this is like you know Worth the price of admission, as they say. And then, then we get our first footage of Jay Z rapping uh, in the studio, and you, we learn, if you didn't already know, that he doesn't write anything down. Which yeah. they don't call out right away, because in this first section, they just show him do it. And I actually mm-hmm. wrote down, wait, does he just not write anything down? Is he? And then, he and then Rick they Rubin talk is about like, it later. Hey, Mike D. Yeah. Look at this. Yeah, crazy they talk about guy. it later, and we'll yeah. get to that. But well, like, he he says off the dome, which makes it sound like he's claiming he's making it up on the spot, which mm-hmm. you know is not true. Right. Uh, and then it's kind of clarified later. Yeah, when it's just Rick that Rubin he doesn't does write it. it down. Yes, exactly. And and in this moment, also we do get a glimpse of the camera guys, uh, and it kind of confirms that they're just like dudes hanging out with cameras. And I will say, I looked up who's credited as cinematographers on this movie, and they do not have any other credits. They have like production assistants. They have like, each have like one production assistant credit. And and at some point in the movie, one of the cameramen is referred to as like my boy T. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's not yeah. even like... He's oh the the documentarian. It's just well, like and you know he's shooting this stuff the, right now. The cameraman blows the most important shot in this movie. Actually, ooh, that's a tease. We'll get to that. It's yeah. at the end. <laughs> but so then we go back to the concert. We get Hard Knock Life, and then we get a, a fun and kind of powerful moment in the in the concert when Hypnotize drops. And mm-hmm. it becomes a section about recognizing the fallen hip hop heroes and Biggie. And so, you know, you say. Yeah. And everybody. Well, I yeah, mean, yeah. left not, eye, he calls out literally yeah. everybody. It it's really good. Call and response. The guy say B I U say G. And then he's like, throw it's, up the peace sign for. It's for very funny, though, when he does the songs, he does like a single bar of a Tupac song yes. and then an entire right. Biggie song. Yes. Well, he's in New York. What no, is I know. York. It's just so funny that it's like the East Coast, West Coast thing is still there. You know what I mean? Well, I, yeah, I, he gives it up for Biggie, for Pump, for Left Eye, for Jam Master J, for Big L, for Aaliyah, and has everybody throw up, to, you know, invert the, the peace sign the, to be an the, A. Two's the, yeah, yeah. And then two for Tupac, and they play Hail Mary, and they play Ambitions as a writer, 
but he's just letting the audience sing along. He lets the audience do it. I love it. It's that's so cool. cool. But like, I'm I kind of throughout this whole thing, I was like, I want to hear Jay actually try and throw down with some of these bars from these classic songs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like clear that he didn't really think about it. You know, because these are, these are songs that like you would have to think about how you were going to do it before you do it. And like more money, more problems drops. Meanwhile, and again, I'm over here like, oh, my God, I really do know every single word to mm-hmm. that song. I, I, I it really was, underlines the how classic the, yeah, the body of yeah. work is for both Tupac and Biggie. Yeah. Here's here was my question about him doing this, though. So he's retiring, right? This is his last show. Do you think this is a little bit like acknowledging like hey i'm the first rap great that's not dead oh jesus whoa or maybe just like yeah uh mm. but i mean he does say things like you know we have to recognize what came before us but then yeah yeah before just, we recognize yeah. what's coming next which it's is just a yeah. long time yeah. to do in the middle of this concert yeah of your, I, I mean, your farewell concert i liked it i don't no, think, i like it too I'm i like, like it too it's just I, uh it you're thinking about like what is the what's the like, game here yes because i mean jay-z is like i love jay-z he's a businessman but he, yeah he's always thinking about he's a little bit like lebron not to bring up sports on your podcast but it's like where there's always like sort of a cynical narrative going undercurrent running Right. Is he is he trying to cement his legacy by uh, subconsciously, not even subconsciously, but just like putting himself on the same level as these legends, making you think about him in the same thought as these legends? Eh, I mean, it's 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 possible. But also, I mean, he knew Biggie. He is. Yeah. You know, and they were were friends. They. Yeah. So then obviously it's like you think about the past, as Jay-Z says, but you got to you got to rep for the future of hip hop. Here's and the he future of hip hop. Beanie Siegel. <laughs> and then they do you, me, him and her with him and Bleak. And then Freeway comes out and mm-hmm. they do what we do. This part of the show, this is the most exhausting part of the show. Mm-hmm. There's like, also like people you can tell are on stage. They don't rap and you don't know. I don't know who they are. Like, there's just like a guy, I don't think it's a microphone, but he's just like kind of up there. This was like, I don't know. It's like you have to put this part in to just kind of like springboard their careers or something. But well, it yeah, is not he's effective. Trying to sell, that's, and that's trying the to more cynical the, yeah. thing of like, this yeah. isn't just about his farewell concert. It's about like, how do I keep making money with what I believe are the stars of my label? Yeah. This is also the first time you see someone who Jay-Z is going to uh, be feuding with into the future he and beanie siegel famously he like disavowed him oh and wow. they, very like, funny have because, on each other and stuff well yeah. very famously beanie siegel is not very famous yeah. well he's uh, very famous so... for being in jail <laughs> and uh trying to rat out damon dash and jay-z for things to get out of jail that is a famous rap thing oh gosh Ooh. yeah yeah well now i get it now i get the feud yeah so anyway they do a skit they do a very brief skit where they mm-hmm. go up to a woman in the audience and they're like, hey, 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 is that, who is this? Is that your, that your chick? Mm-hmm. And then Missy comes out and then Blowing I a whistle think, and not into yeah. a microphone. And then <laughs> more, more people come out, I think. It's yeah, hard yeah. to keep track of. A lot of, of people come out. Who, who else is out there? But then you know when Twista comes out that it's Twista. 
because uh, he's he, rapping real fast because <laughs> he does his guinness book of world records level uh fast rapping which yeah, is he's the micro machines man of hip hop he's great i love him he's yeah, from yeah. chicago <laughs> you'll never yeah. hear any twist of hate in my house until some horrible allegation comes out about him i have a question has jay-z changed his clothes yet at this point in the at this concert? point i don't think i don't so, think he has get a lot of there that are later. several costume changes coming and they get only more and more dated as the and concert silly. goes along but at this point we go back to recording and now we're at rick rubin's house mm-hmm. and we see kind of the weirdness of rick rubin's house he mike d like, is there Yes, Mike D is there, as is a taxidermied bison. There's a, a mop dog, one of those dogs mm-hmm. that just looks like a mop. Mike um, D is just wandering a, around. Yeah, free, Mike D's got like a little earring. Not- <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They let Mike D out of his cage. And, you know, he's he's nuzzling up to people. And this we get the recording of 99 Problems. And this mm-hmm. is another very cool moment where you get to see this happen like in real time. And it's the only, and Jay-Z records 99 Problems and he goes like, oh, hey, I think this might be special. Yep. (laughs) And it is very cool to see Rick Rubin and Mike D like looking at each other and almost like nudging each other. Mike D, uh, yeah, exactly. Rick Rubin keeps looking at Mike D like, get a load of this shit. Can you believe this is happening? And that is where he calls out. Oh yeah, look, he doesn't write anything down. He just Mm -hmm. listens to the beat he writes it in his head and then he gets in the booth and says it. It's, cool. it's a very interesting skill to have, you know, and like they were talking too about like how he can hold so many different verses of his own in his head at once. You get a, an insight into what makes Jay-Z special and what makes him so legendary. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed watching them enjoy him during his process and stuff also it's very funny jay-z the the voiceover of jay-z being like man rick rubens i've been to some crazy places but i've never been anywhere as crazy as rick rubens house man that guy's got a crazy house we we get like one of these voiceovers pretty much anytime we go to a new producer and it's you don't need to do that Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you're really the one don't. about Pharrell is like some people you work with because you get along with them. Some people you work with because they're just a genius and a couple of people. It's both, you know, it's just like such right. stupid filler language mm-hmm. and unnecessary. But meanwhile, and then they cut to Pharrell and he's just they're just like the Neptunes are just like noodling where like everyone else has had their beats prepared. Prepared, yes. Like the Neptunes are just like, wait, what if we did this noise? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it works sometimes, clearly. So we go back to the concert and then we get Beyonce. Yeah. I mean, what an it becomes a Beyonce time. concert. Well, but it's so weird because it's Beyonce in 2004. Mm-hmm. Like her solo career has just begun, has just begun. And he is so much bigger than she is at this mm-hmm. time. Oh, yeah. And it is like so wild. Like you just 
you can see that she's like just not as confident as she would go on yet. to become. And it's like before we knew she could rap, before she was considered like an artist. The dancing is still there, though. The dancing, the dancing is, the is same. there. Well, yeah. the dancing is straight <laughs> Tina Turner, but she's yeah. so mm -hmm. skinny and young. It's very interesting. And also, she's not featured in this movie almost at all. I don't even know if you hear her talk. It's like they didn't know what they had. They're spending all this time on Memphis Bleak, and it's like, you had Beyonce yeah. right there. Yes. And so it's like she has her whole segment of the of the show or whatever. She does like she does three, three songs. songs. Yeah. Yeah. And because Ghostface says she does three songs. Yes. And exactly. he's like, oh, I got to get there. I'm doing the last one. That's yes. And then he's like, I'm going to take a shit and go home. But like, yeah. <laughs> which is very, I mean, wow, he's very charming and he gives a lot of great tape. But at the very, very end, they're all cheersing backstage. And he's like, I couldn't have done this without all of you or whatever. And you see young Beyonce and she's only looking at him. Everybody's looking into the, all the things that are like cheersing or whatever. And you just see her little young self being like, look at me. Like you see her trying to connect with him. It's and some vulnerability. She, yeah. yeah. And you just see how young she is and how much more famous than her he is, which is just wild to imagine mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. in the current you know yeah. status of things this film is is a is a document of a time a very specific time and mm -hmm. that specific th phenomenon you're kind of describing i think makes it interesting uh she does crazy in love which is makes a lot of sense because obviously jay-z Jay has a verse he's there until his verse and then after his verse he is gone yeah and i was he's like he's got a lot of layers to put on <laughs> yeah. <baby>. yes <laughs> well i was like that's interesting i was wondering if he was just like gonna go get water or something but then you know beyonce is like you said given more songs to do uh she does baby boy sean mm -hmm. paul does sean not paul come is out not there for but they're still playing his vocals <laughs> um and then we get some ba some backstage stuff with ghostface being very uh -huh. funny with with all these necklaces well all slick, these rick. slick rick is putting the multiple most, chains the biggest chains on in the world on ghostface they're so silly <laughs> giant like dinner plate size pendants. and it's clearly like seconds before he walks yeah, he has to go because he has a feature on summertime and uh -huh. he comes out to to do that <laughs> and it is and he's wearing almost a bathrobe like it's not a bathrobe mm -hmm. it's like a like a long coat but it uh, it's made of it's purple and it has it's it also, also looks crazy <laughs> so then Jay-Z comes back out and now he's dressed like an old timey gangster. Well, no, he's dressed like the reasonable doubt cover. He's Which wearing in, in yeah. that he's right. Yeah, uh, just but it's the like, visual. But it looks like a shitty Jay-Z costume you bought at a out of like a costume, a Halloween it costume. It looks like bag. you bought the mobster costume yeah, at, yeah. at a spirit yeah. Halloween. Right, right, right. Yeah. It you came with a reasonable white plastic, doubt man. It um. came with a plastic fedora, plastic white fedora, a black and white pinstripe suit. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, extra large, please. Yes. And then a a white vest and he keeps almost taking off the jacket but then not taking off the jacket it he really uh. does do that <laughs> 
So at this point, we you, we get a a tease of that he's going to do some stuff in this old timey uh, outfit in the reasonable doubt outfit. The reasonable doubt fit. In the reasonable yeah, yeah. doubt fit. <laughs> okay. Um, Just checking. And then we go to you don't exactly know where this is, but he's talking to Q-Tip, yeah. and they're having like a uh, a conversation about how he you know, used to be. Yeah. And then Memphis Bleak bursts into room and is like, hey, does anyone want any Outback? <laughs> He's like, I'm about to go to Outback. Does anyone want anything? And they're like, nah, uh, we're talking. You've ruined our documentary. We're literally talking about how uh, the streets used to be rougher and tougher uh-huh. and things were really hard when we grew up. <laughs> it's hysterical i mean like that conversation is great but man it's like you couldn't have scripted it better and the fact that it's memphis bleak really excellent uh and so at this point then we go back to the concert and Mm -hmm. then we see obviously that he's in the reasonable doubt fit he Mm -hmm. asks if there are people there in the concert who are fans of reasonable doubt if people know about dead presidents and then he he does that song and then i think we see they Fonsworth. Cut- we see, we see oh. Fonsworth Bentley. I think it is. Oh, oh yeah. I was gonna say, is this when they start cutting back and forth to Foxy Brown, trying to make sure her boobs don't fall out when yeah. she's rapping? It, yeah. It, yeah. yeah. It, yes. That's around the time. So he does. Uh, he does where I'm from, and then yeah, you you start to see. Foxy Brown is really—it's—it feels like they're you know kind of trying to foreshadow something, and then it does not happen. (laughs) They show—they cut back to her several times adjusting her top, really trying to getting nervous. Like you can see it in her face; she's like, "Uh oh, running out of time." We could have a malfunction (laughs) over here. My boobs do not fit in this top i'm wearing yeah uh yeah but then she comes out and she rules she's yeah. great oh, she yeah. like, comes out for like half a verse too and then yeah. leaves. it's weird um but i had like it's it's been a while since i've like even thought about foxy brown i haven't thought um, about her in forever and yeah she comes out and you're like oh yeah she was great but yeah, it was funny. I was watching Foxy Brown and I was just thinking like, oh yeah, her and little Kim were like proto wet ass pussy. Like it's like yeah. real. Mm-hmm. She, Cause yeah. she's kind of dressed how they like walk in yeah. like a well, Megan Thee Stallion outfit. Well, she's very Megan Thee yeah. Stallion outfit. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. They wrapped so she could wrap. Uh, thank you. Thank All right. You. So then we go back to the studio, and now we've got everybody's been waiting for this guy to show up, right? My man Kanye I West. Wrote, yeah. I wrote in all caps. I knew he'd show up. Of course, yeah. of course, and he is young and excited. Young. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I mean, god. He's, he's still excited. He gets excited easily, and yeah. still does at this. Well, age. and there are points where Jay Z is kind of looking at him like he's crazy already, where he's like. The Black Album, this isn't an album, it's a movie. And Jay-Z's yeah. like, what? Because, <laughs> um. yeah, I mean, you, you, it, it's easy to forget, but I think this movie helps to highlight that hip-hop artists at this time were laid back. Mm-hmm. They were mm-hmm. calm, and that was the cool thing to do. And one of the things that was so interesting about Kanye is that he is not that. 
He's like yeah. hyperactive. He is he's excited. manic, he's, and he's face, manic, yeah. and he's also confessional. I think that was mm-hmm. like one of the big breakthroughs of the Kanye era was like mm-hmm. that you could be confessional and kind of yes. like mm-hmm. calculatedly vulnerable in a way that made your fans know you. Also, Lucifer is one of my favorite songs Ooh, on this man. album. So Good. he plays like a few beats. One of them I didn't recognize, and I was like, "This is great." I don't know what this is. That once he gets to Lucifer. For, like everybody is just going insane. They have all the best producers are on this album. It's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. all the legends. We don't get Swizz in here, but we get all, you know, yeah. you get Timbaland, you get the Neptunes, you get Kanye. Damn, Rick Rubin, Just Blaze. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, Just Blaze made Pump It Up, the maybe the greatest beat of all time. At this point, we go back to the concert, and then mm-hmm. uh, the canceled and then, man and comes then, out. Oh, we, we bring I, Mary J. We bring I was Mary like, Mary J. Right, right. Comes oh yeah, out. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. gosh, she so, comes out and just looking absolutely perfect. I mean, fur coat, fur cape. Yeah, fur that's true. Cape. It is. I, she has the early 2000s fedora on and it works yeah unlike yeah. jay-z's fedora this it fedora works, works. perfectly yeah, yeah. she's got a fur cape on she has the jeans with the like pocket detailing which is mm-hmm. only you mm-hmm. could really and she just she looks so of a time without looking dated and i just and she's maybe the only person foxy brown doesn't look dated but everyone else is wearing dated clothes the yeah, entire movie. Yes. Well, Except- you know, and not to throw shade, but I mean, Beyonce's outfit, that that was like a spirit Halloween Tina Turner costume or yeah. a flapper, like disco Tins- flapper. Tinsley, yeah. Good yeah. God. It's not it's not an expensive look. Oh, Ghostface looks like Ghostface. There's no dating Ghostface. But anyway, yeah. keep going. Yeah, everybody those, else those is necklaces dated. are timeless. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they do Can't Knock the Hustle. They do Song Cry. And then there's a moment where you know, kind of tying into this year's Rock Hall uh, ceremony. He gets yes. his LL on, LL, which I was surprised because exactly. I don't think of Jay-Z and LL as being, you know, there's been stories of them beefing, you know, because they're actually, even though they're from two different eras of hip hop, they're not too far off in terms of age. LL just got started really young and Jay-Z, I think Reasonable Doubt came out when he was like in his mid twenties. Um, so there's like a good 10 year difference between their debuts uh, anyway and he he takes a moment and he does his rendition of i need love mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the middle of another song when i'm alone in my room sometimes i stare at the wall and at the back of my mouth i hear my conscience call telling me i need a girl who's as sweet as a dove well, fuck that my name hove and you know I'm a the dove. funniest part of this documentary to me is when beyonce comes out they cut to a man taking a picture of Beyonce with a disposable camera he like bought at Walgreens, like one of those cardboard <laughs> disposable cameras. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a lot of shots of the audience and it really runs the gamut. Some of them just seem like very cool and some of them are like dancing really well. Mm-hmm. And then you also see some of the dorkiest motherfuckers alive. Right. Like, it's very New York, everything yeah. about it. Yeah. So then, yes, we get... Then stupid R. Kelly's dumbass comes out in a stupid white outfit. And now, well, and Jay Z yeah. is wearing a matching white yes, outfit. Jay Z right. looks cool. 
R. Kelly looks like a rapist. Um, I, it's, it's hard to watch this and I kind of fast forwarded through it. I just, it's really, I can't kind it's of hard. get into it. Like well, I, do, I, I, I watched it and I'll tell you why. Um, because, <laughs> because I know. Because I can separate the art from the no, artist. No, no, no. Because <laughs> I know the I know truth about R. Kelly. They're like, at this point, I know, again, because I live in the future, that they're like, four months away from suing each other over canceling this tour the best of both worlds tour and i was like oh i wonder are they getting along at this point could i see tension because this i should also mention the hilarious thing about jay-z retiring at this point in his career is he actually the year this comes out he also retires but then releases two albums after this within that year it's the collision course lincoln park with album park, and best of right. both worlds with r, r. Kelly. kelly and he was supposed to tour with r kelly and it was such a disaster they ended up suing each other for like two years or something like that because like r kelly had to cancel because he's a creep or whatever but you can't really you can't really detect any tension no not at all that was unfortunately i wanted to see some weird some weirdness but they're they're professional yeah, they do you know? best of both worlds they do uh take you home with me it sucks it sucks to watch r kelly now um, yeah it's just... it really sucks he is someone who i can't deal with mm-hmm. even though and it sucks because i'm from chicago and because ignition is a such a good song and so is step in the name of love and so is feeling on your booty so Mm -hmm. are a lot of songs Mm -hmm. but that is it's just like mm, absolutely not i don't want to give another minute of brain power or thought or let's go to to that man studio where he is with pharrell uh and you know pharrell has he's really thought he has put a lot of thought into he wants to give jay-z and this is funny in retrospect he's like you're going out, man. We have to, it's got to be like in Carlito's way. He keeps yes. saying it's going to be like so Carlito's funny. way. Uh, like do one last job, but, and then you're out for good. And he wants to, he wants to give that to, to Jay-Z. I love Pharrell's enthusiasm when he is talking on, he, he's like, this song's about to change your life, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. And it's, definitely not one of my favorite songs on the album no. like at all i forget, uh, i honestly forget which one it is allure Shit, i know how this movie ends still i play star rolling hope way mm, yeah it's not one you really yeah there's a lot of like bangers like all yeah. time no all time jay-z greats in this album that's not one of them. this song is like just kind of it's a non-entity it it's not a bad song, but it's not one you're like, oh, yeah, put on Allure. Mm-mm. But you know what is a good Jay-Z Neptune song, which is I Just Want to Love You, which we then cut to Ooh. them doing that uh, at the concert. Pharrell looking awkward as hell, not moving at all. He just, he looked, I'm like, what are you doing, my guy? Well, yeah. you realize, I, and he I, gives I us, noticed that too. He gives us our third live long and prosper to the camera he yeah. has done the live long and prosper hands three times in this one he's a dork two, in two hours he's yeah. a n.e.r. i was gonna say Kristen, i noticed how stiff he was too and i sort of realized oh at this point i don't think pharrell has performed live in front of people very much i think that's that might be true you know he his reputation was he being a just studio. featured on a lot of on a couple of songs but i don't think like nerd played in front of 
Madison School. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he was. It's not like rap concerts happened like they do now. Yeah, back in the Rex and Effects era. Yeah, which he did write. Rum Shaker. Did he write yeah, Rum yeah. Shaker? He's yeah, like he one of like he's one of a bunch or something. He's yeah, one yeah. of a All few right. people. Yeah. All right. At this point, yeah, Jay Z's wearing a he's wearing a new outfit, and so it, there was some wardrobe change. I was like, oh, he left the stage during Beyonce to do a wardrobe change. And I was like, when did he do four other wardrobe changes? What right. was happening on? Well, that I just lets us know how much videos. concert footage we are not witnessing yeah. as well. Absolutely. I like, thought they were showing videos, dude, where it's like, oh, hey, Jay-Z, I'm glad you're retiring. Thanks, Rudy Giuliani or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, he does encore, which I, I, it struck me that like that's an interesting song to play not during an encore. Well, uh, and do you this have is... to play it during an encore. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, and they're intercutting it with Kanye playing him the encore beat, mm-hmm. and this is where the cameramen screw up their the most important shot in the movie because it's blurry. When Kanye is explaining exactly what's going to happen at this concert into the future, he's like, no, it's like a movie and this is the end of the movie and all the crowd's going to be chanting Hova and it's happening. They're intercutting it with it actually happening, except... The interns filming the the, the, <laughs> uh, the interns filming the it have screwed up, and it is so blurry. Like you cannot see yes. Kanye's face. The camera is so out of focus when he's explaining this. It is wild. God damn. Yeah, but we are. I mean, this may have been the encore because the concert's wrapping up. He does December fourth. He's asking the audience if they will vibe with him. Oh, there's another weird thing as a Jay-Z person sitting in the, watching this in the future is for some reason he comes out wearing all New Jersey Nets gear. Yeah. As, and, a, as a person who hosts a basketball podcast, can you? Does it go well, on to become the Brooklyn Nets? Do you think he knew? He owns the Brooklyn Nets <laughs> yes. and moved them to Brooklyn, but yeah. this is pre that. It's but that's very... what I'm saying is you how think much he... No, how much he's longer, in... like how much longer would it take before he made that? It's move? years, but yeah. The, I mean, the reason he's wearing it now is because like the Nets had been to the finals two years in a row at the point that they're filming this. They okay. go in oh two and oh three, I think. But it's like, unintentional foreshadowing. Yeah, it's but it's just very weird that like you're playing Madison Square Garden and he picked a Nets jersey yeah. like and he's going to own the team in like five years. Do you know if there is a basketball reason why Mark Cuban is thanked in the credits? Because he is. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, it must be because of and I was but then I didn't think like he owns the Mavericks it's business. The they're just they're just famous business people. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? Those I, business I, I, guys just are business, all business, business all the time. Business together. <laughs> So that's the last moment. And then, you know, that song ends with him saying fade to black, repeating it. And that's the end of the concert. And then we we see that champagne toast backstage with everybody, including Beyonce. And uh, and then we get like this kind of post. And then Ghostface goes home and takes a shit. Yeah, of course, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Finally. Uh, but the postscript is that you find out that in portions, if not all of the proceeds of the ticket sales are being donated to charity. And we see Valletta Wallace, Biggie's mom, talk about how this is going to be donated to the Christopher Wallace Foundation. Well, before that, though, they usher during the credits is just like, yes, hey, that's he's like not the, retiring. That's like one of the last <laughs> moments of the movie. And he's right, because he's like, no, that's not. Are you kidding me? He's not done. 
This is uh, a lie. Get out of here. Yeah. And <laughs> it like invalidates everything you just watched. <laughs> What's also very funny is that, I mean, I, I liked this album a lot. And like, I like Jay-Z. I would consider myself a casual to, a, you know, a medium. I'm not like an obsessive hip hop fan, but I like hip hop a lot. I like rap music a lot, especially this era. But like, I it never filtered its way down to me that he was retiring because you know yeah. he never went away and then he was continuing to make music and well, like again, he put out two albums right yeah. after doing this so it was like i remember from our jay-z episode the retirement coming up and i was like what mm-hmm. and and this i mean i didn't know about this film i didn't know uh, that this had happened it's not like a big cultural moment where it's like, and then Jay-Z retired and then he had a comeback. And no. people, people were crying on the streets saying, Jay-Z, yeah. no, no. Because they could immediately listen to him uh, with Chester Bennington two months later. <laughs> For that's a, a he... true encore. Yeah. <laughs> Is that an heavy? I haven't listened to any of that. The Lincoln, Lincoln Park. Park. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. It's... It's weird. That it's some like of them rap are good. Rock. Encore it's, is honestly the song that Encore makes Encore is really good. Because there's yeah. that singing part that Chester Bennington... Makes sense for him to sing that, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, some of the other stuff. And also, like, allegedly, he showed up to meet Linkin Park and do that album and, like, maybe didn't spend an, more than an hour. Like, he really... Yeah. And I think there's footage of that in some documentary form. And it's like really sad because you can see the Lincoln Park guys spinning it, like not even knowing they're spinning it. They're like, wow, he doesn't, he's so good. He doesn't even just like have to spend time with us. And it's like, oh boy, no, he's just mm-hmm. doesn't exactly have time for this. But that album was a gigantic hit. It was a, n- a number one yeah. album. <laughs> yeah. Oy. Collision course. So that is the documentary Fade to Black. Would you guys recommend this movie? I mean, I recommended it up at the top. I recommend it to people who are fans of Jay-Z, people mm-hmm. who are fans of rap music from the early 2000s, uh, and anybody who's like interested in like Making production. Yeah. yeah, like music yeah. production. And if you don't care about that, like if you don't care about watching the concert portions, you can fast forward through all of them and mute the voiceover. <laughs> yeah, I would say the stuff that's really worth, the concert footage is cool and I like it, but the stuff that is really worthwhile in this movie is that footage in the studio of making classic songs as part of a classic album. And the fact that the, a lot of those moments are available on YouTube is kind of where they belong. Yeah. That's a, it's a perfect YouTube clip to watch Rick Rubin and Mike D freak out while Jay-Z records 99 problems for the first time. Yeah. The and that, as they voice. figure it out, th- that's what I would say as it maybe doesn't need to exist or you don't need to watch it as a film. You watch those clips on YouTube and you're going to get the the best stuff. I agree. I agree with all those things. So, and this is appropriate, Joey, since you are the co-host of Round Ball Rock. I am, the, yeah. A, a basketball podcast. So the induction ceremony is October 30th. What mm-hmm. do you think about LeBron inducting Jay-Z? Do you think that is feasible given the N- NBA schedule? October 30th? It's a weekend, th- obviously, but... I don't think it's feasible, because that Cause is that's like the first week of the season, I believe. Okay. It's kind of an odds on favorite, I would say, for who, or at least a, it's an odds on favorite based on 
who we've been talking about, who we think would be cool, especially to do it in Cleveland and to show up to Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Um, Sure. So I was just curious if there was any insight, if that. I mean, the schedule just came out. Hold on. Let me. Okay. Ooh, hot off the press. Ooh. And also LeBron tweeted something not long ago where he was like, man, I just want to meet Tina Turner. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and like, you know, that, that, <laughs> we're that, really murderboarding this. We're like, and so but that could just be him watching the documentary. That's like likely just what it is. He watched the documentary and he thought it was cool. But mm, like, I don't know. He doesn't do anything on just on a whim. Again, he's the most calculated person on earth. All right, let's look at the Lakers oh, wow. schedule here. No, I mean, I don't mean it like he as often a uses, negative. He often just, uses those powers for good. Um, yeah, 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 absolutely. Joey, I think the phrase you're looking for is no shade. Sure, no shade, <laughs> but... There we go. Yeah, yeah. I'm pulling up just the Lakers schedule because um, that's the one that would matter here. Um, yeah, for our listeners, LeBron... 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. I never really thought about tools until I bought a house in the suburbs. It's like this weird homeowner test if I need a tool for a project and don't have it. And my neighbor Ted loves to give me that look when I ask to borrow a pole saw. A year ago, I didn't even know pole saws existed. And now I gotta borrow one from Ted? What is happening? Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 